Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And uh, welcome back to another less COVID-y episode of Unnatural. Well, that's good. Progress. Yeah. You know, we're still not feeling 100%, but according no. to the doctors, I am no longer contagious. So, As long as you don't got the monkey pox, I'm good. Yeah, no monkeypox um, so far. <laughs> That's good. Well, sit back and relax then, Emily, because now is time for part two of the story of Lyric and Elizabeth, otherwise known as the Evansdale murders. Now, if you haven't checked out part one, go do that. Don't worry. We'll be right here when you get back. But if you're anything like me, even though it's only been a week, you might need a refresher. So here is a quick recap. Ten years ago this summer, Lyric and Elizabeth hopped on their bikes for what they thought was a quick ride around the small town of Evansdale, Iowa. When they didn't turn up a short time later, their grandmother sounded the alarm, and within a matter of hours, hundreds of those in the community had formed a search party. Leads were checked, vehicles were searched, persons of interests were interviewed, even the local lake was drained. But ultimately, little evidence of the girls' whereabouts or their abductor was found. That is until five months later, when two hunters found both girls deceased in a secluded wooded area around 25 miles from where they disappeared. What happened to Elizabeth Collins and Lyric Cook? It's coming up on this episode of Unnatural. were found in the Seven Bridges Conservation Area, it really just deflated the families and loved ones of Lyric and Elizabeth. While most families were celebrating the Christmas holidays with the ones that they loved, the families of Lyric and Elizabeth were spending it in an agonizing end-of-the-year fashion, thinking of those poor girls' last moments. And on top of that, they were knowing that they were gone and that the killer or killers were still at large. While the police and FBI didn't get the smoking gun that they were hoping for in terms of finding DNA evidence of the perpetrator, they were starting to build a profile of who to be on the lookout for here. Mm -hmm. So, Emily, do you want to hear what the FBI's behavioral analysis said? Do you even have to ask? Of course I do. Good. Because I have a lot here and it would be awkward if you would have said no. <laughs> so, it started off by saying that the suspect was very familiar with both Myers Lake, that's where the girls disappeared, as well as the Seven Bridges Conservation Area where they were discovered. 
it also went on to say that the offender selected seven bridges because he knew exactly how secluded it was and how long it would take to find the girls there. The offender likely blends in with people around the area extremely well and likely lives in one of the communities where the crime took place. The offender likely used quiet coercion in order to get the girls into his vehicle. So maybe something like a fabricated ruse or a threat of violence to them to get them to come inside. Mm-hmm. And you know why I think this tracks? Something I read a few days ago from a number of sources that I didn't mention in episode one is that the girls' bikes, remember how they found the girls' bikes on the trail there? Yeah. Well, they were parked, not dropped. So the kickstands were down. And to me, that means that they weren't really trying to run away in a panic or anything. Yeah. That's why a lot of people feel not only was it someone local, but maybe even somebody who was close to the family, somebody that they knew. Right. The FBI uh, behavioral analysis went on to say that the suspect may have been experiencing stress related to legal troubles, spousal problems, maybe employment difficulties, financial strain, or even mental health issues that summer. It said that the uh, suspect may avoid discussing the case or showing interest in the matter, but is likely following the developments very closely in the media. It said that the offender may have attempted to abduct children or adults in the past. I bet that that probably is the case as well. How often do we see that these things aren't just a one-off? Right. It said that uh, following the disappearance, the suspect may have altered his or her physical appearance, such as maybe changing their hairstyle and facial hair. Like afterwards? Yeah, exactly. And they also may have altered their vehicle, maybe given it a new paint job, put some new upholstery in, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And finally, the local uh, newspaper reported that analysts experience with uh, prior abduction, their cases point to one person being involved But there are cases where more than one person was involved. So there are really little to no developments for a long while after this. However, local and federal authorities continued to follow up on leads and were still interviewing people. And finally, nearly a year after Lyric and Elizabeth were abducted, A couple new pieces of information came to light here. In terms of what to be on the lookout for, witnesses continued to mention a certain type of vehicle. Now, Emily, any guesses on what type of vehicle witnesses say that they saw around the area? fucking white van. (laughs) Well, you got the color right. It's not a white van. They were saying a white SUV... Or a white Ford Bronco. Mm. That's kind of what kept coming up into conversation. 
two witnesses mentioned that they saw a white SUV or a Ford Bronco idling between two bike trail signs that afternoon, shortly before the girls were reported missing, which that alone is a little sus. Just being somebody who knows the area, those bike trails, there's not usually cars that are just idling on them, you know? So if somebody were to notice that, it would certainly stand out. And get this, another witness independently reported that they noticed a white SUV in the woods only a few hundred feet away from where the bodies were eventually found in Seven Bridges. Oh, my God. Can we say sus to that? Yes, we can. Sus. Also, uh, I think it's worth mentioning Lyric's father, Dan Morrissey, who, if you remember in the previous episode, wasn't exactly father of the year. And he had drug charges going back to the 1990s. He was sentenced to 90 years in prison shortly after this on federal methamphetamine charges. 90 years? 90 years. For meth? How much did he have? What are, what, well, what? remember, he was a cooker. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that adds a whole lot of time onto your sentence. Now, some people in the conspiracy realm of things, they say that there's no way that he should have gotten 90 years, but that's neither here nor there. And to this day, speaking of conspiracy theories, there's a whole lot of them that allege that the girl's abduction and eventual murder was a direct result of Dan's ties to drug dealers in the area and abroad Mm -hmm. who he might have owed some money to. Now, is there any evidence to this? Not really. Again, Dan certainly had his misgivings as a father, but he was cleared, remember, and he was cleared pretty quickly. Yeah. And yeah, the police and FBI did have Dan and Misty, who was Lyric's mom, as persons of interest in the case, but they weren't necessarily suspects. More so... They really wanted to cover their bases just to make sure that they looked at every angle. But I can say when Dan and Misty were being looked at, the entire community and surrounding area definitely labeled them as either guilty or complicit pretty early on. Really? Some people say that that's a little unfair to them. Yeah. That people jumped the gun a little bit. Because maybe they knew that they had some issues with drugs, that they just assumed that they were involved, or they let this happen. But if Lyric and Elizabeth weren't taken by some revenge-seeking drug dealers, then who the hell took them? Well, one theory states that the clues to their deaths might lie in the state of Indiana. Hmm.
Now, Emily, I'm pretty sure that you've heard of this case as it's still getting a lot of attention out there. In 2017, two girls were abducted and murdered in the state of Indiana in a case that's known as the Delphi murders. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of that one? Yes, it is all over the news right now. A lot of people familiar with this one. Now, unlike Elizabeth and Lyric, their bodies were discovered the very next day. But aside from that, there are a number of striking similarities in the two cases here. Two girls, Abby and Libby, who were both teenagers, were hiking on some local trails one afternoon. They were even posting pictures of where they were on social media. And then, boom, they were gone. So... It revolves on these two young girls and the similarities are both cases were kind of in a remote area and both in both cases the girls go missing without a trace only to be found later dead. I mean it's worth mentioning that serial killers have been known to travel vast distances to commit their crimes as well. Yeah, absolutely. I.e. Ted Bundy. But according to federal authorities, it's more of a coincidence than anything else. Even though these cases are strikingly similar, no evidence has been found to link the two cases together. And even Elizabeth's dad, Drew Collins, was quoted as saying he doesn't really believe there's a connection in the two cases. He said, quote, I feel a connection to anybody that's lost a kid in any way, whether it be cancer or a car accident or murder. I know how hard it is. It goes through a family. It's devastating. But that was really as much as he felt connected to it. Yeah. And by the time the Delphi murders came around, Elizabeth and Lyric's families had already been through so much. And they've had heard so many different theories and outlandish stories that they really didn't get their hopes up in thinking that the killer was connected to this case. Another similar case, though, took place shortly thereafter, Elizabeth and Lyric. It was in May of 2013, and this time it was a little bit closer to home. In fact, it was in the town of Dayton, Iowa which is roughly two hours from Evansdale. News at 10. Today, police crossed their main suspect off the list of people who could be behind the kidnapping and murder of these two Evansdale girls. Evansdale police have been searching for a killer. And tonight they know he's still out there. Ten-year-old Lyric Cook and eight-year-old Elizabeth Collins were kidnapped while riding their bikes in July of 2012. Massive searches followed and the lake where the girls' bikes were found was partially drained. Then, five months later, the worst was confirmed. Their bodies were found in a wooded area in Bremer County, about 20 miles away from where they disappeared. Another five months would pass without a suspect. That changed, though, with another kidnapping, this time in Dayton. Police say 42-year-old Michael Clunder lured Catherine Shepard and Desi Hughes into his truck. They were taken to a hog confinement building where Hughes managed to escape. Police say Clunder killed Shepard and then took his own life when officers started closing in. 
Because of the similarities between the two crimes, police considered Clender a primary suspect in the Evansdale kidnappings. The mother of Elizabeth Collins even hoped he was behind it. Of course, we would like it to be this guy, and some might think that's weird, but who wants to sit through a, you know, a trial hearing about how someone took and murdered their daughter. But today, Heather Collins learned it wasn't Clunder. Evansdale police say they have ruled him out as a suspect. They say for months they tracked his whereabouts and that he was likely at work during the time Cook and Collins were kidnapped. Evansdale Police Chief Kent Smock tells the Waterloo Courier, Clunder wasn't our sole fo focus. We continued with a very large investigative task force investigating all aspects of this. We're not in the public eye like we were, but it's still a very active investigation. The Collins family is also confident an arrest will come. So Michael Clunder was kind of under the public eye for quite some time. Now he had killed himself, so obviously he couldn't answer to any of these questions. Do you know how he was ruled out? Because they said he was at work at the time oh. of Lyric and Elizabeth's disappearance. And it sounds like they did their due diligence there. However, there are still a number of people out there. I was going down the Reddit rabbit hole with this. And a lot of people still think that Michael Clunder had something to do with this. Again, it was two hours away, but two hours is certainly a lot closer than what we were talking about in the Indiana case with the Delphi murders. That's for sure. Well, especially when you're talking about Iowa. Well, and again, it was two girls. Yeah. Both times. Now, luckily, in the Dayton murder, one of the girls did get away and got help. But there are some similarities there. I guess this leads to the next question. What did happen to Lyric Cook and Elizabeth Collins? And have the local authorities, including the Evansdale Police Department and the Blackhawk County Sheriff's Office, given up at this point? We haven't had any new information in, in a number of years. And the, Emily, there was even a website that was originally put up for tips and public awareness. Mm-hmm. And that has since been taken down. My question is why? Yeah. Because there has to be somebody in the immediate area that knows something. And it's just disgusting that no one has come forward in 10 years to be an advocate for these poor little girls who had their whole lives ahead of them. But not everybody has given up. The local citizens groups, uh, Cedar, Cedar Valley Crime Stoppers, still has Elizabeth and Lyric front and center on their website. And last well, I checked... That, that website for like tips and whatever, was it like a, like a, like a police-affiliated website or... Yeah, that was tips and information and leads on the cases and stuff like that. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like, like a citizen... No, that was that was funded by the local authorities. Okay, so yeah, that is a little weird that they took it down. Yeah, but th the citizens group still has Elizabeth and Lyric front and center on their website. Right. And last I checked, they're still offering a hundred thousand dollar reward to anybody with information that leads to the arrest of the person or persons who committed this heinous crime. The families also haven't given up. 
Now, Misty Morrissey was jailed briefly after the girls' deaths for drug charges. But in the past few years, she has, by all accounts, made a turnaround. Good for her. Absolutely. And although Drew Collins and Heather are no longer together, they're both still very active in the community. They're trying to bring as much awareness as they can to the case 10 years on. In fact, they've been holding the Memorial Ride and Drive for a number of years to kind of keep awareness out there and celebrate Lyric and Elizabeth's lives. So it's been 10 years. And as of right now, Emily, no arrests have been made. That is so infuriating. Makes me want to get snozzled. I'm with you, especially when I don't know about you, but all signs point to someone local. Yeah. And the fact that somebody is just out there walking around every day, maybe Drew, Heather, Misty have even interacted with this person before. Yeah. And they've never been apprehended is just infuriating. And according to, this is coming from the Elizabeth Collins Foundation website. Mm -hmm. They recently stated on here, we will never stop searching for justice for our girls. The Elizabeth Collins Foundation is about keeping both Elizabeth and Lyric in our hearts and finding justice. And the foundation has a mission. The mission is to help families of missing individuals and educate the community on prevention of abduction, sexual abuse, and trafficking, among other things. This foundation will be the legacy of both girls, Elizabeth and Lyric, forever in our hearts. And there are some good things that have come of this, Emily. There have been some laws passed on a state and even in a local level that mm-hmm. help parents look after their children a little bit more. And also there have been a number of courses and things going on in the Evansdale community and other surrounding communities just help kids be more aware of their surroundings and some red flags to look out for. Mm-hmm. And I also found a poem that I thought was quite fitting. It was on the Elizabeth Collins Foundation website here. And I hope I'm going to uh, pronounce this lady's name right. Uh, the poem is by Joe Hypel Thedens. Two young innocent girls going out for a ride. Cousins and friends, side by side. What happened to them on that fateful day? When all they wanted was to laugh and play. We will never understand. We will never stop caring. We will always be grateful for the loving and sharing. Sharing their girls with friends and unknowns who came to love them as one of their own. 
these two beautiful girls are now angels up above watching over us all with faith and love. That's really sweet and really sad. Mm -hmm. It hits you right in the feels like Molly Tibbetts poem did. It reminded me of that. I remember when you read the Molly Tibbetts poem and. Oh yeah. I absolutely teared up. Yeah. And this is in the same vein and remember it's in the same state. Mm -hmm. And Emily Myers Lake that park where the girls went missing, mm -hmm. it's actually now been transformed into Angel's Park. And oh. there's now an island that was created in the middle of the lake, and it has two giant murals dedicated to Elizabeth Collins and Lyric Cook. And it sounds like the two murals were done by Drew Collins's friends. Wow. And they're absolutely amazing. And I'll have to show you some pictures here. And there were also some benches in their honor, mm -hmm. as well as a beautiful gazebo and a large flower garden as well. It's just, it's an amazing place to be at. And it also has the names of many other Iowans who have been taken from their loved ones way too soon. It was dedicated back in 2018, and I've been there a few times myself. It's a very special, tranquil place. When you go there, it's a you kind of have a solemn moment to yourself. At least I did. Mm -hmm. But it's peaceful. And I imagine that the families are very happy with the way that it turned out. It's, it's great that there's a legacy there, and that people are able to remember these two little girls who, again, were just out for a, a bike ride. And we still don't have any answers as to what may have happened to them and who may have killed them that day. Yeah, it's freaking terrifying. It is. It is. And the lives that it upended, obviously their own, they're gone. But their families, their loved ones... The community, it it shook an entire community, and we're still a decade on from this, and we have little to no answers. But let's hope that we get some in the near future. Fingers crossed. One can only hope. Like, nothing obviously will bring them back, but I just can't imagine, like, not having the answers and not having the closure. I think for me, I, I can't put myself in the shoes of their parents. Right. But for me personally, I feel like that that would just completely derail me as a person. Yeah. And the fact that Drew and Heather and Misty are still standing, I mean, that alone is pretty miraculous. And Emily, we're actually going to be talking to Drew Collins. Yes, we are. Yeah, Elizabeth's dad in the very next episode of Unnatural. And it's going to be interesting to get his perspective 10 years on as to where he sees the case now. And 
where he's come as a person in these last 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait to do it. And that's going to come up in just a couple of days here. So look for that. It's going to be an a special Friday edition of Unnatural. So we're looking forward to bringing that to you in just a couple of days. But in the meantime, if folks have any theories, any ideas, anything they want to get off their chest, they can always head on over to our socials. Yes, you can do that on Twitter, Unnatural the Pod, Instagram, Unnatural the Podcast. We have a Facebook page, Unnatural, a true crime podcast. You can send us an email, unnaturalthepodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. That is patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod. And as always, be sure to rate, subscribe, follow, share us with your friends. We'll be back on Friday with the conclusion of the case of Elizabeth Collins and Lear Cook as we speak to their dad, Drew Collins. We'll talk to you then. As always, make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. music what 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 did i just what is that music what is that i think we were singing two different songs no, I that was right, it, right? It's like some 1950s show or something. A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fine, but he's also known as a Hus- buster. Did you almost say hustler? Yeah. <laughs> Is it the Kentucky Derby? No, it's like a TV show. It's like a 1950s TV show theme or something. Yes. No, forget about the the Kentucky Kentucky Derby song. No, it's not the Kentucky Derby. I want to know what the Kentucky Derby song is. Yeah, it's not that. Okay, if anybody's listening <laughs> and they know this theme song, please hold on, hold on, hold on, tell hold us. On, hold on, hold on. Hold I'm hold dying on. here. I can't believe I don't remember that song. Damn it. Oh. It It might be from fucking Spongebob No, it's before that
No, that's not it. It's similar. This thing is way older than that. That's that that is similar to that though. And if you know this song, please let us know. Hi ho, Silver! I feel like it's like. Oh yeah. It's like Tonto, like the 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 Lone Ranger. It's the Lone Ranger. (laughs) It's the Lone Fucking Ranger. The Lone Ranger theme song. Look it up. Lone Ranger. 